The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. And welcome once again to It Came From the Radio, the official Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me in the studio, I have none other than senior correspondent Charlie Saladino. Hey, fun seekers. And we have the Lee of David and Lee and filmmaker Lee Kalinsky. Hello. Do we have a song on the phone? We do not have a song on the phone, so a song is floating in the in the universe somewhere. Avatar. Um, you're good? You can hear? Yeah, I can hear. Okay. Um, so on uh, this week's show, we're going to have another Chris Wosley's Chris Picks for Chicken Soup of the Soul. We have another Jay Bernalee segment. And senior correspondent Charlie Saladino uh, has coverage from the uh, Ally Who convention that happened a few months back. Um, but before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. Take it away with the news, Mark. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of Sci-Fi.Radio. That's Sci-Fi for your oh, Wi-Fi. As well, the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 26, 7, 8 years of comic book nest and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. The next convention is scheduled for December the 16th. It is the Big Apple Christmas Con. Also, want to give out shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are... Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jack Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday, famous Drizzle Media, <laughs> Ray, <laughs> Rosa, and the Huracan. If you want to have your own little shout-out, go to our website, www.kingfreer.com, and you can listen. Uh, you can get a shout-out on our show uh, monthly for just a dollar a month. That's an actually awesome deal. Also want to mention that on the 13th of December, we have our next live show at the East Metal Public Library. That's www.eastmetal.info. And we have special uh, guest, uh, creator, writer, and illustrator, Francis Bonet, um, who writes uh, Archie comics, uh, amongst other things. He'll be giving away a book for free. And also I want to mention on the 17th of December, we have our big show right here on this radio station live. Um, we're going to be giving away tickets for the New York Horror Show. Uh, it's on um, January 13th and 14th. That's at the Resorts Casino in New York, Queens. And that's www.nyhorrorshow.com. So that'll be on the 17th I can't of wait. December. And also on my uh, web on our website, uh, kingfriend.com, is my book, Designated, about two warring alien races fighting over a new discovered power source, the war finders way to planet earth and uh humans gain abilities some humans gain abilities as a result um for you guys listening right now and for a week we have the special holiday black friday cyber monday whatever you want to call it deal uh 20 off on the book you just use code natasha in all caps it's already on the website just hit the button if you don't remember the code all right so let's see we always start off with the sad news we have only two bits of sad news this week actress uh suzanne shepherd uh, died recently as of this recording which is November 26, 2023. <laughs> uh, no cause of death has been announced. Uh, Suzanne was perhaps best known for her roles of Karen's mother in the film Goodfellas and Carmela uh, Soprano mother, Mary DeAngelis, in The Sopranos. So if you remember her, uh, those were her two most memorable roles. Uh, she was 89. Were you a fan of Goodfellas and or Sopranos, Charlie? I know you were. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you remember the mom? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Lee's, Lee's Googling. Do you remember? Did you, were you a fan yeah. of Goodfellas and uh, 
Yeah, I'm a good uh, Goodfellas fans for sure. Um, Sopranos I liked, but I, I'm not as huge of a fan. Do you remember Karen's mom? You remember Karen? It's Karen's mom. I never saw oh. Goodfellas, so I can't say. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, I remember. Yes, I do. There you go. <laughs> I want to say I do. Yes, it popped, popped in right there. In. Yeah. All right. So uh, yeah. we have last bit of sad news. Um, actor Josh Ackland also died recently. Also, no cause of death has been announced. While appearing in more than 130 film, radio, and television roles. Joss is perhaps best known for his portrayal of Jerry Westerby in a 1979 serial Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Hans in the original uh, Mighty Ducks and part three of the series of the same name. But me, Mark, I remember him as, I didn't even know this was his name, Arjun Rudd. He was the main bad guy in Lethal Weapon Part 2. If you remember, he was like, I have diplomatic immunity. Oh, yeah. That guy. See? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Wasn't he in Bill and Ted's Bogus? Um, Yes, he was in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yes. Yes. Look at that. But I remember him. That was where I remember him. He played a good guy in The Mighty Ducks. (laughs) A bad guy in Lethal Weapon. Yes. Yes, which is, that was a big impact on me, (laughs) that that, uh, movie itself. It opened up on my birthday, so that's when we went to go see it. Really? (laughs) Yeah, that day. Wow. And my brother would say, I have diplomatic immunity all the time. <laughs> That's all he would say. So, so <laughs> you now you tell you your brother just the turned died. around and said, it's just been revoked. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I should have done that. <laughs> so he, he was 95 years old. Wow. So that's it for the sad news. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Came From the Radio. Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or a product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Step into the fantastic world of cool kids, comics, and toys at 2055 Hempstead Turnpike, East Meadow, New York. Discover Comic-Con exclusives, the latest Funko Pops, and a treasure trove of new and vintage toys and comics. Whether you're a collector or a first-time visitor, we got something to spark your imagination over here. Visit Cool Kids Comics and Toys today. Let your venture begin, huh? Hi, everyone. This is Tom Christopher. I had played Hawk on Buck Rogers on the 25th century, and you are listening to It Came From Radio. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. It's sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen... The more I learn. Hi, this is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th century, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. BKG Productions, LLC, your ultimate audio transformation partner. Got audio that needs a magic touch? I am here to elevate your content, specializing in professional audio editing. I can clean up background noise, plosives, and pesky S sounds from podcasts to songs. I've got you covered, whether it's an interview, music track, setting volumes to precise specs. Email bkgvobiz at gmail.com or go to fiverr.com, search for BK Graves 1, and trust me to make your sound sparkle. Hey, I'm Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocked. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio! Hey, this is Lee from the podcast Jaybird and Lee, and I wanted to let you know about the Blue Eye Screenplay Contest. Go to FilmFreeway.com and submit your script. 15 pages and under for a chance to win $150, a Zoom table read with a talented cast of actors, and an interview on It Came From The Radio. Submit any genre, including horror, action, drama, or comedy. 
Find the Blue Eye Screenplay Contest on FilmFreeway.com or even find us on Facebook. Hey kids, this is CJ Ramon of the world famous Ramones and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to It Came From The Radio, the official Lee Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with the Lee from Lee, from Jay Bird and Lee, not Lee Bird and Jay, Lee <laughs> and senior correspondent Charlie Saladino. Uh, you screwed that up, Mark. I should, should add Riley on there anyway now because yeah, he's we, part of it. Yeah, we got to change the name. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go with the regular news. So, Brian, from the... That's a lot of nuts! Wrong office, pulling in $44.6 million in ticket sales in its first week of release, beating out the new Trolls animated film, which came in at number two with $30 million in its first week of release. For those of you keeping track, Barbie is still the highest grossing film of this year with $636 million, followed by Super Mario Bros. with $574.9 million. So unless with about a month to go, there's some big movie coming out, Barbie is the queen of 2023. Hey, Good. I don't want to say I told you so, but <laughs> I was the one saying the first week this yeah. is going to be a very high-grossing movie. I didn't think it was going to be, but it apparently it was a thing. Well, that's awesome. really that's crazy. Yeah. Um, did you see uh, Trolls and or uh, The Hunger Games? I did not see those uh, at <laughs> all, um, but I, maybe uh, I, might, I think my niece went to go see Trolls. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Charlie, either one, either oh, one. Oh God, I got a life now. <laughs> yeah. Wow, no, no insulting the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize. No, were, you know, just kidding. Yeah, there was just a hunger. Ga- I didn't realize they were doing it again. So yeah, like, I, I heard about it a while. I was like, yeah. oh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. I know the first set was pretty successful. So yes, because you got to milk that couch. <laughs> right, you got to keep on going to sequels, prequels, or whatever, right? So. Yes. So moving on. Ready, Brian? Brian's not ready for the for the Danielson. New one, Danielson. All right. So from the... <laughs> department, none other than Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio have teamed up to announce a new Karate Kid movie starring both actors. In addition to that... There's a video out on YouTube announcing an open casting call for the new Karate Kid. Of note, the Netflix series Cobra Kai, which is a sequel series to the original four Karate Kid movies, the fifth one was a reboot with Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith, for those of you who didn't know, is officially coming to an end with season six. So it is possible that the new movie will be connected to the franchise after all. Originally, when we announced the movie on our show, Ralph was not attached to the project, nor did the showrunners of Cobra Kai have any knowledge or content of the movies beyond that it was being made. So I think there might have been a little fan backlash and said, hey, why would you make a new Karate Kid movie when Cobra Kai is so successful right now without putting Ralph Macchio in it? And they listened. And they decided to put them together. So wouldn't it be cool well, seeing Jackie Chan and Ralph Macchio together doing karate? Yeah, I think that would be very cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, this oh, TV good. show is amazing. You know, yeah, like, yeah. It, it was just an incredible show if you've seen it. You know, so the movie with Jackie Chan was eh. But so I never saw the movie with Jackie Chan. I, I, I refused to see it. I like Jackie Chan in that yeah. movie, and oh. that was about it. <laughs> right, yes, he was good in it, for sure. Yeah. And um, I think in the movie, he was like, I teach you kung fu. So it wasn't even a karate kid, it was the kung fu kid. But, <laughs> but I still think seeing the two of them together, and like never in the history of ever did I think I would see a movie with Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan together <laughs> doing karate. Like, what yeah. world are we living in? The Jackie Macchio movie. <laughs> um, but is he going to play? 
Yes, he's going to play Daniel's son. So he's no, playing. No, no, no. Well, he's not going to be Miyagi, I don't think. No, no, no. Jackie Chan's going to play Jackie Chan, whoever he was. In the was he movie? Miyagi in the yeah. movie? I thought he was. But I, I don't thought remember. he was, too. No, call like us in. <laughs> all you fans out there, call in. Let us know. Maybe well, he was like a cousin with the I same last stop name. It. Oh, maybe it was just what? a reboot of the whole thing. And, but you know. I'm saying that now that they're putting it together, yeah. they can incorporate it. And Jackie Chan could have been a relative. Well, yeah. They right. never mentioned if he was the right. Yeah, they didn't, he could yeah, have okay. been a relative. All right. Yeah. 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 It's like James Gardner was Maverick and what's his name? The... Uh, Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson was, uh, was Maverick, was and son. James oh, Gardner right. was hey, his father. what happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. All right, so moving on. It could From the One Strike in Your Out follow-up department. As mentioned on last week's show, after 118 days, the actor's strike is over, but the contract has not been officially voted on. During this time, quite a few actors have been extremely vocal about not voting yes on the new contract. Most recently, Matthew Modine had this to say in regards to the use of AI. Within the contract, the word consent is evoked at least a dozen times. It is purposefully vague and demands union members to release their autonomy. Consent is surrender. Consent means surrendering your physical and vocal identity to an employer. If this contract is ratified, every contract moving forward may require, as a condition of employment, Members to consent to use AI as defined by an employer. Shots fired! Now, Lee, you are a filmmaker. Yeah. And what do you think of that? Like, it, it made me think of when they started doing the DVD commentary on movies, and right. then they had to call up the actors, hey, you want to come down? We pay a little extra to do it. And then all of a sudden, it became part of the contract to do the DVD yes. commentary afterwards. So now it's like it just shifted over. So now it's. It's, yeah, what do you I think? I mean, it's kind of tough because that might be like whether or not you get a job, right? Exactly. So, and what are they going to do with consent and where are they going to go with that so stuff, right? If you're, so now, if you're being forced to consent, you're not really consenting, right? Right. If you're, <laughs> right. It's part of the contract. That's what it is, right? And this is only for their contract in general is only three years, I think. Right. So for three years. So, yeah. But, but if it sets the precedent now... Oh, forget <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. And right, you don't know what you're really signing for, and that's that's the whole thing. But I guess it's the price of fame to a degree. I don't I don't know. You know, like it's if, if you want to do it. <laughs> I know, I know. It's almost like you wanna you wanna be famous. You wanna be acting. You wanna be on the big screen. And they're just constantly taking stuff away from the creative right. license, right? So. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too thrilled with that idea of constantly using AI with people's imagery. What do you think, Charlie? It's over. I, I don't like the whole ball of wax. I I don't like AI. I don't like the word consent being used as a, uh, you know, a trickery uh, ploy, and uh, all that stuff. So I think Matthew is uh, dead on balls accurate. I find it very unusual that a lot of actors are coming out against this contract despite the fact being on strike for 118 days. Yeah. And um, last week we mentioned how um, the, I think he was the West Coast chapter head or something. He was on uh, online and he was, he was going down point by point as to why this was a bad idea. He's like, I was in the negotiation. I was there. I have nothing against all the people who were making the contract, but I felt that at the end they fumbled at the, at the fourth quarter. They didn't come through. Right. And he's like, I cannot say with any certainty that this is a good deal 
yeah, it's probably not necessarily. Yeah, it's probably not a great deal. But I guess the thing is also is that you always have actors who are willing to kind of sell right. their souls away, <laughs> right? Like on every level, right? If they're yes. not willing to do it, there's a bunch of people They'll, who will. Right. That's that's the same. You know, you want to do it, we'll find somebody who will. Mm-hmm. And what's what's interesting is that if you think about it, when by by consenting and having your your likeness scanned then you're also going to be out of a job as well as all the other people as well. So you're kind of right. shooting yourself. It's a short-term goal yes. for this type of thing. I was watching, um, uh, I, I, as press, we get a, exclusive access to certain things. I was watching season two of Reacher. I was watching it, and there was a part where the, the guy who would have normally been a stuntman was computer-generated. And that would be in my head. That's where it's going to be. So stuntmen are going to be out because now it's a computer-generated guy. It's an AI guy right. who can be scanned as a stuntman. You, you pay them you know, however much to be scanned on day one, yeah. and then you can use their likeness however you deem necessary because you're oh! sending to use <laughs> your imagery via AI. Right. I guess it's just more and more that way, right? If you keep on going, video games have, yeah. right? You s- suspect there's going to be a lot of people <laughs> showing up in video games you didn't know that were yeah. supposed to be there. You know? It's it's so crazy how this is. We're, we're here, but the, the wild thing is that it was 118 days to get to here. So in my mind, what was the original deal that we had at the start? And like how much worse was it, or did they actually win anything at all? Yeah, they must have won something, but I guess not enough. I mean, that's going to make a break. Um, I mean, I guess it's over in a way, in theory. Well, but, like, it still has to be ratified. Like, yeah. if, if enough people vote no on the contract, then they have to go back to negotiations. I mean, it's. I, mean, I don't they, think it's ever been, they it's just, ever been done. They just have a contract is basically <laughs> what it is. They have a contract. It exists. It <laughs> exists. And the both parties are saying, uh, it could happen. Right. But you know, some of those people that weren't in that room. <laughs> <laughs> and the um, the Actors Guild is pushing for them to vote yes. So they're, they're having a huge marketing campaign push, vote yes, vote yes, vote yes, without even giving them line by line as to why the positives and minuses. They're saying, this is awesome, we won, go vote yes. And that's why a lot of actors are coming out yeah. saying, wait a second, I right. read this. This is not what's advertised. I gotcha. Yeah, no, that's and not good. And this also could be actors who are hurting and need money. And this is true. They're pushing it, yeah. I mean, you only have a finite amount of, like, A-listers in the first place, right? There are only a couple right. of A-listers, and then it just keeps on going down. And you talk about more of the, you know, the, the character actors, right? right? The BC, like, the, the, the that guy actors. Hey, right. that guy. I know that guy. I've seen him in all these movies. Like the, the guy in Die Hard yeah. the, the, with, the, with the goatee. He was, like, in tons of movies. He had balding head, long hair. Yeah. You see him in yeah. a lot of stuff. Like, hey, I know that guy, the action guy. No idea his name, but he was that guy. And I'm I'm sure you got a lot of work. Right, exactly. I guess the other thing is like AI could technically backfire on you on the way things are looking, right? I mean, if you've seen like some of those Marvel movies recently, it doesn't right. look right at all. But you know, it's still making the money, and it that's the bottom line. Money, and yeah. the and the and the the fans, the general public, I would say they don't care. Well, because they already know. paid their money. Yeah, and they watch it. <laughs> that's it. If they enjoyed it, they would come back despite bad special effects. How many movies have we seen with really crappy special effects, but we enjoy the movie itself and we'll go see it again? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. You know, I, I mean, I guess, you know, I start looking at it and I'm like, you know what? I don't know if I want to watch these <laughs> movies anymore. You know, that's what I'm, that's at, at my age, I guess, <laughs> what I'm showing. You know, I might be giving the dollars, but not for much longer, you know? 
I, I just think that this, and I said it before, I'm going to say it more times after this, um, many more times after this, that I do not like AI. AI is going to, down the future, you're going to have just technicians. Everything's going to be AI. There's going to be no actors, no stuntmen, no musicians, no nothing because of this AI. Remember, Colossus, the Forbin Project. On the other side of it, does it matter? And also, if you think about it, technology has always done this for lots of other things. The blacksmith. I always think of the blacksmith. Oh, you know, the the blacksmith going, you know, the job is just no longer viable. You know, a typewriter, typesetter, uh, the switchboard lady, they're, they're just, just a ways of the past. So this just might be the natural progression of things. And projectionist. <laughs> the project, exactly, <laughs> the projectionist, right. yes. Yeah, there, there was, uh, I used to work at, the, at a movie theater as I mm. used to pr- do the projection, and we had um, Herman Chimpsnerger, who used to be part of the mm. show. Yeah, he was um, in the union for 30-something years. And the union okay. just kind of went boop because they get digital Projectors. Right. So there's some jobs that'll go away, per se, because of that But now there'll be new jobs for AI creator thingy guys, whatever whatever title that is. Right. But (laughs) again, I think it depends on how it looks at the end. Like, what is it spitting out? I mean, I know it's getting better and better every day, but it's not there yet. You know, that's the other thing. So it'll be for the background actors right now. It'll be for instead of instead of hiring a whole bunch of crowds, you hire two guys or one guy. And then replace their outfits, which you can do, right. and then just replicate it, and that's a crowd. Well, they did that in um, Bohemian Rhapsody. They uh, they had the the front crowd, and they just replicated them, and they created right. a whole Wembley uh, stadium. Correct? See, didn't they do that in Star Wars though? Like in the it was sta- painting. Was that painting? It was painting, and then they used CGI for. Some of the, like the, the like robots, they but they actually were all attacked their clones when they had that right, giant fight. Clones. They were all actually humans there going. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, I'm thinking like Gladiator was a room full of like AI people, or was I don't back even then? Know no, it was actual extras and what have you. Yeah, was that was fully? I didn't realize that was fully extras. They, they I hired, thought some they of hired it was you know, um, people like, like missing arms and stuff of the war movies and things, and they didn't right. need to do that anymore. Just get Bob. To be the VR guy. <laughs> right. We like Bob, and then we just pay him a couple of bucks. Hey, Bob, can we use you for this movie? Okay. He don't even have to right. come into, to, to this place. They already have it on file. Right, and they had the one guy who did the Oompa Loompa in Charlie and the Charlie fact, uh, ch- uh, Chocolate Factory. Right. Yeah, right, and he did, like, different yeah, outfits and then or something, they, yeah. and they multiplied them. Right? So we're, it's, it's already it's, it's, it's existing. It's already here, so this might be just a natural progression. It's possible. Yeah. No, it's, so. it's the beginning of the end. Because you're also going to have the movie companies who want this AI because you know how much money they'll save on, on exactly. actors and stuntmen and everything like that. Exactly. So they'll be all for it, and it's the beginning of the end. And they will, as we have have heard many reports, work those graphic designers to the bone That's for true. minimal pay. Oh, yeah. For minimal money just to get that done. Yep. The, the, the animation studios, well, I don't think the animation studios, the CGI studios, I guess they're called, special effects studios, special, special effects, effects studios, yeah. they, they will it. underbid the other guy, they'll work those guys to the bone, right. no recognition, no pay, that's why they're, they're trying to form a union now, as we mentioned, that they want to have their own union so they can have some crappy deal 118 days later after a strike as well. Yeah, I mean, they've got <laughs> a long list of cre- in the credits of, of yeah. people for sure, right? It's kind of crazy how many people work on these uh, right. projects. Right, because they're like, we have to get this done by this date now 
And you right. got to do it or you're out. And once again, you can't do it. We'll find somebody else who will. We'll get some, There's get some, some college kids. Hungry guys, hungry come in college who, kids. Who, who, you know, do the Red Bull, stay up all day and do, and do it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a contract gig basically for a lot of these people, I think. Right. You know, so. So I think it's really interesting that. For the first time, I would think this is unprecedented that there's such a huge backlash against the contract. I've never seen this before, and I've, I've never seen it that they made the contract and then like, all right, we're not going to vote yes on it. So right. if this does happen, it'll set a new precedent that, hey, there's actual power in the people that have been striking. They want to do this the right way. Yeah, it seems like the value of the actor has gone down. You know, which is in a way. Yes, because reality, as Charlie loves reality TV, reality oh, is right. Right. reality <laughs> TV. <laughs> you can find anybody and just yeah. stick them on TV and they become a, a celebrity. Yeah. Right. And the com- Well, you got to look for that certain idiot that, <laughs> you know, it's, it's. Well, I think the comic book movies also changed the way you look at an actor because you're looking at the character, right? More than the actor who plays it. Because mm-hmm. if you're talking about somebody like Chris Evans, who's doing something, right? He's Captain right. America. Right. All right. He's making a billion dollars at, you know, at the box office with the Avengers. Right. But then if he's in like Knives Out, it's, you know, <laughs> a totally different thing. You yes. Know? Yes. So we're almost out of time. So senior correspondent Charlie Saladino, you have any final thoughts? Oh, you know what my final thought is. What www.thechloebellfoundation.org. Please, the holidays are coming. Open your wallet. Open your heart. Lee, final thought? I'm just going to say happy holidays. (laughs) (laughs) So for those of you listening to us on the air, we'll see you next week. For everybody else, stay tuned for more. It came from the radio. Hello there, this is Jan Chappell, who plays Callie in Blake 7, and I'm checking in to It Came From The Radio. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio. I'm here live at L.I. Who, and I'm here with, and honored to be here with, the one and only Richard Ashton. 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 Well, Ashton. Oh, yeah, I had rented lips there for a while. Rich, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. Loving being here, loving meeting everybody. Yeah. Rich, let me ask you something. You've, you're such a seasoned actor, and you've been in so many films, and uh, we're, we're talking... Uh, um, we're talking The Fifth Element. We're talking The Adventures of Robin Hood. You played Little John. Many, many more. Um, uh, what is some of the uh, What are some of the memorable ones for you? Well, I, funny enough, we've just been having a conversation about our first roles. I started out in a lot of BBC sitcoms, things like Keeping Up Appearances and Don't Tell Father, and working for BBC Children's before that in Monster Cafe. Uh, a couple of things for Granada too. So you remember your first gigs very well. Um, you mentioned the new adventure. Adventures of Robin Hood, which took me to America, took me to Lithuania. It was four years and 52 hours of fun. Um, and and that, no, that, that left me with some memories. But honestly, every single thing you do has, has something in a way that, that when actors say, oh, I don't remember that, I think, really? Or or have you suppressed it? You know, or is there a reason why? Or, or maybe they just didn't do terribly much in it, and it was one in a number of jobs that year or that month or that week. My life has not been like that. Um, I tend to remember every, pretty much everything I do, although just occasionally I'll sit there and look at the screen and think, oh, wow, I've never seen this before. Oh, look, there I am. But that, that's, quite, that's quite rare, actually. Um, and I'm lucky, because as I get older, the things I do change. Uh, and so I, I get asked to do 
some different things. I'm here at Doctor Who convention. We're talking about Friday the Ice Warrior in Emperor of Mars, which was Peter Capaldi's last season, season 10. Um, and, you know, that, that terribly memorable. Hadn't done a, a suit character for nearly 20 years at that point, since The Fifth Element. Um, and Doctor Who's so iconic. For someone like me, a Brit who grew up with it, you know, you're always going to remember being in Doctor Who. But since then, I've gone on to do quite a lot of uh, movies of the week, uh, Christmas movies for Hallmark and Netflix, which all have their own sort of speciality. Shooting in the Carpathians, shooting in December uh, in July is quite interesting. We're wandering around in fake snow. And most recently, um, I've been working on some films in India. Uh, this week is the anniversary of Indian independence, when the states of Bangladesh and Pakistan and India were, were created for good and for ill. Um, and our film centred on that time, in which I play a very serious character, a, a very wicked and horrible uh, a British despot who gets his just desserts in the end. So I'm, I'm lucky, you know. Um, I get asked to do different things all the time. I miss some of the things I don't do. I don't do children's theatre anymore, which I adored for ten years. Uh, that just hasn't worked out recently. Um, and I don't mind that I don't fall off horses and, and spend my life fighting in the dirt as much as I used to. Uh, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, I still do it occasionally, and it's good fun to do it. Um, but I'm lucky. You know, th things keep changing, and I keep changing with them. That, that is amazing. Um, the, uh, I was reading the dossier about uh, the Doctor Who with Peter Capaldi, and they have a thing that says, uh, in a biomechanical suit, now, for us laymen, uh, you know, what the heck is a biomechanical suit? Well, that, that's a bit of a pun, really. It's a bit of a joke. What it really means is it, it's a suit with me inside it, uh, i.e. a suit that covers me completely. Uh, all that's visible in that particular thing is my mouth, and even that's not my mouth because I've got a, a fake chin on, a fake upper lip, and a fake set of teeth. So th that's a little joke, really. But actually, in this case, uh, it's quite correct. Inside the Ice Warrior is a soft, living creature. Um, but they're such superb engineers. They've engineered this, this uh, a carapace, which they then become one with. Um, a little more than the Daleks. The Daleks are a squidgy little monster in, inside a, a metal box. This is something a bit more organic. So that was my little joke, really, you know, to, to, towards the fact that it's, yes, it's a biomechanical character, and it's me in a suit. Yeah. Well, you created another... Uh, another <laughs> Um, yeah, the, also the one that comes to mind is the fifth element. How difficult was that to move in? That's the heaviest thing I've ever lifted. The heaviest and hottest thing. And because of the way it was conceived, our knees were pinioned with a stainless steel rod. Um, we couldn't see where we were going. We, we, we had a camera on our right shoulder, above our right shoulders, and we had a screen in front of our eyes. So we weren't even really able to see forwards. Um, it was very difficult, actually. Uh, one of the chaps collapsed and fell off the bridge and, and smashed the suit and had to go home. Because um, it, was, it was so hot and humid inside it, that it was interfering with the electronics in the suit. Um, but then again, once you've seen it and thought about it, because we were on that job for seven weeks before we filmed anything, so you've got a long time to, to consider the, the suit from the, from the outside. So like a puppeteer would do, you know what you're doing. Uh, and that had its limitations, but then you use those limitations to suggest the character. And I, I think it, it's really effective. I think it's a fantastic design. Um, my understanding is, is that the 
Mondo Shi ones were actually designed uh, by Luc Besson rather than Jean-Paul Gaultier who, who designed most of the costumes and it was very much his sort of uh, pet idea of what this incredibly wise ancient alien race would look like. Yeah, I, I loved him. I felt so sorry at him with the key and that door closed. I was like, no, get out of the end time. But anyway, before we go and before you uh, give your social media, we were speaking yesterday and I, I want you to share this. You were given some advice from the iconic legendary um, Christopher Lee, who we all love. And you have to do the best Christopher Lee I've ever heard. But could you just tell everybody about that? We, we were, I was very lucky. Christopher Lee came for three years, um, all appears in four seasons of The New Adventures of Robin Hood, and which was for Warner Brothers, shot in Lithuania. And of course, Christopher was an absolute star. We were, we were so thrilled to have him there. But he could see that I was a little bit frustrated being number four on the call sheet, and Little John had become a bit of a goof in the show. Uh, and in fact, very often just went off to get the horses before we had the, the final battle. And he could see that I was frustrated because I didn't have many lines. And I think, I think you will know uh, that in one of his Draculas he didn't speak at all. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether that was his choice or he just refused to say the awful dialogue that they'd given him. Uh, but he looked at me and he considered it. You've got a very good job here. You must remember, sometimes it's best not to say too much. By which, of course, he meant that perhaps I was lucky not to have to speak some of the lines that were written in the show. Uh, although, in fact, I, I adore one of the main script writers and think she was tremendous. But it's series TV, and things don't always make sense, and they don't always get there. And I, 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 I will forever remember his thing of, uh, sometimes it's best not to say too much. And his, and his other quotation, which is visible on the wall of the actors on Russian Place Spotlight in the centre of London, Leicester Square, is a, is a, is a cartoon of, of Christopher and his quotation which says, it is the, the lot of every actor to be in some terrible movies. The trick is not to be terrible in them. That was incredible. I'm hysterical over here. I feel like I'm interviewing Christopher Lee at one point. But uh, he'd have much better stories. He'd have much better stories than me. Rich, thank you so much um, for your time and for the interview. Now, as we leave, get all your social media out where people can see you, where people can learn about your career and what you've done and what you're going to do. Uh, Rich Ashton, actor um, uh, Richard Ashton. I'm out there, Facebook, Twitter, um, go, and, go and look for a monster, a hippie, an alien, or just a goofy looking tall fat old guy. Richard Ashton, Ashton, why am I having problem? Ashton, you have rented lips. Um, <laughs> but anyway, thank you so, yeah, thank you so much for the interview and your time. And we meet again. This is our second meeting, our second interview. Indeed. Yeah, I and, I'm, and I'm so happy that uh, you took the time and uh, I'm so glad and appreciative. So thank you and good luck in the future. Thank you very much. This is Charlie Saladino live at L.I. Who with the one and only Richard Ash Ashton. Oh my God. What a new name. <laughs> Good thing it's an easy name. Could you imagine? Anyway, this is Charlie Saladino live at L.I. Who signing off. Back to you in the studio, Mark. 
Hello friends, this is Ranger Rob and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today we're going to talk about Men at Work. Yes, an old movie in the 90s yep. that starred Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen. From Young Guns. From Young Guns, the first one, yes. You know? Yeah. Charlie didn't make it to the second one. No. <laughs> so, uh, tell us what this was about. Uh, it was about two garbage, me- garbage men who uh, pretty much found a body in, one of, in like a garbage, uh, what was it called again? Garbage... Thing. Can. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Garbage yeah. can, and then they don't know what to do with it, and uh, I forgot the rest. There's bad guys that came after that. So it was guy about died. toxic waste, right? Yeah. So like this one guy was like doing like like um, dumping toxic waste into the ocean. All right, and then like the councilman was the guy who was like, "I've you paid me long enough." I don't want to do this anymore. You're ruining the ocean and the environment. And I'm going to, like, tell on you, right? And then he gets killed, like you said. Yeah. And thrown in a garbage can. But in the meantime, these two jokers who are, you know, what was his name? Carl and, oh, man, I forgot his other name. But um, Emilio Estevez and... and, They accidentally find them. Yeah, they accidentally find them. And... uh, And they have to hide them. Then they decide to hide them because... Charlie Sheen shot him with a um, pellet gun. And they the, think they killed him. Right, the night before, because he was, like, yelling at some At girl. a girl. Yeah. So, what did you think of, like... So, it's a, it's a comedy. Yep. And what did you think? I liked it. That was a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't horrible. It was, it, was, it was funny. It wasn't my thing, though. It wasn't yeah. your thing? No, that's only my thing. That's funny. It was funny. I think it was funny. I remember, like one of them, one of them was like, uh, th- like uh, they were talking, and then like there was a word that uh, one of them didn't know. He's like, "What does that mean?" And then, uh, well, who is? Oh, hopeless. Is that what you're talking about? Like, yeah, or, or something like that. And then he's like, "Well, let's define it. It's like hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> you're less than hope." <laughs> Right. Yeah. Uh, right. There was oh like... yeah, and then they were like on the job, and they decided to go on the beach and like surf while on the job. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was... was. I mean, I think it was kind of. And there was two guys that were competing with them, and they, and then uh, what were the? Oh, two... and then the cat. What's? Oh my god. Okay. Not the cat. The. Okay. He's in Coraline. The voice oh, of the cat. Oh, oh, oh that guy. What's his name? Uh, Keith. Uh, David Keith. Yeah, whoever David. he said. That, yeah. He was in it too, and he was very funny. He was he was very funny. He was uh, accompanying them because uh, because Emilio and, and Charlie didn't like 
do a great job. So they had this guy like hang out with them the whole time and like see what was going it on. It was also yeah. funny was that they took a pizza guy hostage. And then and then and then like at the end, um yeah. uh when they're like taking phone calls uh, uh at a radio show, uh the girl the girlfriend of the guy <laughs> uh, the pizza guy called uh, the radio show host and she was like saying, "My boyfriend hasn't come home for three days." <laughs> I think. Like, I think. Wait, like wait. A you problem. No, it, it's like. <laughs> then he's saying, uh, I, "Well, I think he's seeing another girl." And then uh, he's. Then he's like, "Yeah, I think. I think it's just a you problem." Well, then I say, "Dump the guy." <laughs> right. Yeah, because he was the pizza guy and, <laughs> and he, he got... kidnapped all night, and she thought he was cheating. <laughs> she was cheating on. <laughs> That's so funny. No, it was great because every single time that that same reporter was like. Well, that seems like a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, it sounds like you kind of like the movie. It there were some funny jokes there. Were in there were some funny parts, yeah. There were some yeah. funny parts. And when they tied up the police officers. Right, they tied up the police. Oh, they had two funny. police officers that, that were harassing them on bicycles, remember? They were on bikes the yeah. whole time. Then didn't the dog pee on them at the end? <laughs> right, the dog peed on them. He tied them up, they tied them up and at a, uh, not a merry-go-round. What is that oh, thing? Man. It's, it's I like, um, I don't know, like. Spinny thingy. Yeah. They don't even. I don't even think they have those anymore. It's like you just go on this little uh, spinny thing, and it. Ah, man, I wish I knew what it was. I can't remember, but um, it was a lot of fun, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. I think it was. It was. I changed my answer. It was a good movie. I forgot about certain parts. Yeah, it was a great movie. It was man. A good movie. I used to. I that th- was funny. I don't know if I. Saw, I think I saw that in the theater actually. Hmm. That must have been a good one to see at the theater. Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. All right. Well, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Bye. The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio, and I'm here live at L.I. Who, and I'm here and honored to be here with Jan Chapel from, uh, let's see, uh, Basic Instinct 2, Blake 7, all that good stuff. Uh, very, uh, very lovely seasoned actress. And Jan, how are you today? I'm fine. I've had two really great days here, and been thrilled to meet the fans who are so interested and enjoy Blake 7. It's been very touching and rewarding. Yeah, it's, uh, what do you think of this whole Doctor Who thing? Well, it feels like for the first time I feel like Doctor Who has embraced Blake 7 because we felt a bit like the poor relation for many, many years. So it's a delight to be um, uh, enjoyed by Blake 7 fans who have explained that they used to watch Blake 7 having watched Doctor Who late at night. So, Jan, could you tell everybody about your experience and if they don't have any idea what Blake 7 was could you explain a little history of that oh gosh um, well the, I, I my character joins a crew of a ship 
called the Liberator. Um, I am an alien member of the crew, but I do have a special powers of telepathy, and so I'm able to assist in all sorts of escapades, fighting the um, ominous Federation, led by a character called Travis and Servalan, played by the beautiful Jacqueline Pierce, who's not here anymore, unfortunately. We miss, miss terribly. <laughs> so, now... We were talking yesterday, and this show was so popular that they decided to do a remake. And this was in, uh, I believe, 2008. And none of you guys from the original cast knew anything about that, did you? No. We, well, a couple of times we read in the press that there was talk of it. Um, uh, but that's all. A couple of times there were talk, but nothing that ever got remotely serious as far as we were concerned. The nearest we've got, and I'm still doing, are the audio stories for the company Big Finish, who've done so many Doctor Who stories too. So now, Lemon, you are, are very well known in the UK, te UK television. You're on episodes of this, that. Tell people what they can see you on in the UK. Oh, well, I've done guest roles in things. I haven't done any other series apart from Black Blake 7, but I've done guest roles in um, programs like Rosemary in Time, um, Holby City, Lovejoy, um, names are now escaping me, as well as appearing in a um, wonderful series with Sam Neill called Riley, Ace of Spades, Ace of Spies rather, not Ace of Spades, Ace of Spies, um, and um, many other uh, uh, television. Spooks, yes, Spooks as well. Sorry, the names are escaping me. I think I've got a bit tired this morning having had such an animated time in a delightful panel and also meeting and chatting to fans at my table today. Well, Jen, if people want to know about you, if people want to see your, your work, where can they get in touch with you, your social media, all that stuff? Yes, I'm very, because of my generation, um, and me, I'm a very, very private person, I find it very hard to engage with social media, especially as I feel that social media has not protected our children sufficiently, so in principle I've kind of resisted it as far as possible. But you can go on YouTube, and there's some very interesting... Um, interviews and um, you will find more information on Wikipedia and then you could pop some of the names into YouTube and you might catch uh, me in a film called Virgin and the Gypsy which I did way way back in the day with Franco Nero um, a D.H. Lawrence story that's still out there in fact I think that's actually on YouTube somewhere so yes I would recommend YouTube and Wikipedia as a with my name and you could then explore Google some options is my idea or BritBox series are still showing on BritBox I believe so um, that's as far as it goes Jan Chapel, thank you so much it was such an honor talking to you and uh, thank you for your time and enjoy the rest of the con well thank you very much for my interview it's been delightful to meet you same here. This is Charlie Saladino, live at L.I. Who, with Jan Chapel. Back to you in the studio, Ma. Hey, I'm Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocked. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio! Now, back to our show.
Hey, it came from the radio fans. It's the king of streaming, Chris Woolsey, back with another segment for you this month for What is Cooking at Chicken Soup for the Soul free streaming service this month. We've got a ton of great holiday titles for you. Uh, this month we have a chicken soup for the original rom-com. You know that we have uh, original rom-coms every month on the service, and this month we've got a perfect one for the holidays. This is called A Cowboy Christmas, and this is about a big city marketing executive who heads to a dude ranch so that she can try to land her next big celebrity client and comes smack dab in to contact with a country loving cowboy on the ranch and uh you you get to see how the big city girl and the country loving cowboy uh come together and with this beautiful uh canadian backdrop they find a christmas miracle uh, that they somehow are able to make this relationship work. Super cute. Uh, we also have Love at the Parade. This is another great rom-com. Uh, it's about a um, sort of a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade type uh, scenario. And you've got this parade coordinator who's uh, very focused on making this the biggest financial success Possible, and then they bring in a finance coordinator who, oddly enough, is more about what the meaning of the holiday season actually is. Uh, you would think they go together like oil and water, but of course, with the magic of the holidays, somehow they're able to make it work. Love at the parade, check that one out. Super, super cute. Um, but, you know, holiday fair may not be your jam, and if so, man, have we got a doozy for you. Uh, we have a great series. This is from Australia. This was originally a Crackle original series, and it's called Les Norton, and this is based on a pretty famous uh, book series uh, from an Australian author, and it stars... Uh, Alexander Bertrand, uh, who's in Australian Gangsters, uh, Kate Box uh, from The Little Death, and of course, Rebel Wilson from Pitch Perfect, who is absolutely amazing in this series. She might be more Rebel Wilson than she has ever been before. Um, she's fantastic, but it's about this um, country bumpkin who comes to the big city and quickly... Uh, gets sucked into the city's uh, nasty underbelly and chaos ensues. It is such a fun series. Um, you can binge the entire thing on Chicken Soup for the Soul right now. Les Norton, check it out. It is a fan favorite right now uh, and a favorite of mine as well. Uh, another really great title that we have tonight. You know, uh, everybody loves... Uh, Knives Out and Glass Onion and Murder on the Orient Express and all of these murder mysteries are so popular right now. Uh, we have a fantastic one. It's called The Mystery of a Handsome Cab. And uh, it's, it's about a man who is murdered in 19th century Melbourne, uh, again, Australia. 
And uh, it's about <clears throat> the investigation into his murder and the secrets and scandals of the uh, Melbourne High Society that comes spilling out as this investigation gets deeper and deeper. Uh, starring John Waters from Offspring, uh, Jessica DeGau from The Crown, uh, she's amazing, and Shane Jacobson from The Bourne Legacy. Um, it, it is fantastic. It might be my favorite thing available on Chicken Soup of the Soul right now. Um, really great. And then one last one, um, Friendly Fire. Uh, this is actually a, a made-for-TV movie. Uh, from the early 70s, and it, it was actually a, a very controversial uh, film at the time. It's starring, uh, stars Carol Burnett, uh, obviously from The Carol Burnett Show, who's a genius, and Ned Beatty from Network, uh, Sharon Hersey from Bring It On, um, and it's about <clears throat> Carol Burnett and Ned Beatty play a couple who lose a son in Vietnam, and as they dig to find out the details of what exactly happened to their son, uh, they come up against roadblock and cover-up after cover-up, and it clearly becomes uh, apparent that someone doesn't want them to know what happened to their son. Um, it is a phenomenal film. Uh, very, very uh, high-level performances from everyone. Check out Friendly Fire. But again, uh, this is uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. What is cooking? Chris's picks for this month. Check it out. And thank you. It came from the radio audience. You guys are the best. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th century, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From the Radio. I'm at L.I. Who, and I'm why, believe it or not, at L.I. Who, and I'm here with the amazing, talented author, John Peel. John, how are you? Good, and yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Enjoying the convention. What about you? Oh, this is always a fun convention. Um, the guests, they always get really good guests. The staff is wonderful, and the attendees, well, they've been coming as long as I have, I think. So we, we know each other a lot. It's great fun. John, tell us about tell us about your books. Well, I've um, I've done several Doctor Who related um, books. Some from the show, some as tie-ins to things like the Lethbridge Stewart adventures and what have you. And about another hundred of my own. So yes, um, I've I've been re you know writing a lot. You've been busy, John. Huh? Oh yes. So I like to keep busy, and uh, it's so much fun. Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm looking, I'm, we, we've seen each other at these conventions all the time. I'm looking at a new book I've never seen. It says, Lost in Space, Wild Adventures. What's that about? Oh, that's actually a very old book. What happened is um, I did those almost 40 years ago, Wow! and I was cleaning out my closet, and I found a box sitting in the back, and I was thinking, what's in this? I didn't, you know, I don't even remember. 
open it up and I find that I had a pile of these in there. So they're, they're actually probably one of the oldest things I've written. <laughs> the, the oldest new merchandise right. that you have here. Yeah, they've been sitting, sitting there for 40 years and I never knew it. <laughs> Are you working on any other new projects or they just come to you? Um, I've just finished one uh, which is a BBC audio and they're going to be recording it uh, pretty much any time now and um, it's a sixth Doctor adventure with Perry and Nicola Bryant is going to be uh, reading it so it's that's really good news for me I'm very happy oh that sounds great yeah. now um, where can uh, people see you get your books uh, see your work uh, on any social media you have well, if, if they look me up on uh, Amazon, I'm pretty much all over that. Um, and um, I attend a number of conventions a year, so I, I love to do the, the convention uh, experience. So they can always come up and say hello to me at any convention I'm at. Yeah, everybody. If you know John Peel's going to be at a convention, definitely come up and say hello to him. Look at all his fantastic books he has. And, uh, yeah, just, just chat with the gentleman. He's a, he's a very nice gentleman and uh, he won't bite your head off. <laughs> Not usually. <laughs> Only on odd number days. <laughs> John, thank you so much. As always, we always see each other at these conventions. Thank you so much for taking time to do the interview and enjoy the rest of the convention. Thank you. You too, of course. Alright, and this is Charlie Saladino live at L.I. Who with the one and only John Peel. Uh, back to you in the studio, Mo. Ruthie Patah, if you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, Tough. Go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, indievolt.com, centraloregonradio.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.